0: I hope you are well, and I pray that you are happy. Welcome to Daily Reflections. Each day we spend time in prayer and break open the word. I'm Father John, and this podcast is meant to guide us, to challenge us, to help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus and with one another. You are a blessing, you're a gift. God loves you so very much, and I I just want to thank you for joining me today on this 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. We begin with Psalm 90, verse 3 to 4, 5 to 6, 12 to 13, 14, and 17. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Together. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. You make an end of them in their sleep. The next morning they are like the changing grass, which at dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Together, in every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Our gospel for today is taken from Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 33. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. You know, we, we don't like to be challenged today. You know, we want everybody to, to say nice things and, and just kind of ignore the issues at hand, ignore um, how we must change our lives. Today we hear, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Hate. What in the world is that all about? You know, we all know that hate is a feeling of passionate dislike for another person. There have been individuals who have said to each other, I hate you. People have even used more intense words like abhor, abominate, detest, loathe. There are those who might even use this particular passage in scripture to to back them up, to back up their hate. My friends, we teach our children, and we hear in church all the time, that we are supposed to love one another, especially our parents. The fourth commandment says, honor your father and mother. Hate is a word we try to keep far away from our vocabulary. In my heart, it is a destructive word. So why do we hear that word today? You know, I'm sure that when Jesus speaks these words to you, I think no reasonable person would want to follow Jesus as a disciple. This word hate that Jesus uses today is a Semitic idiom. It is like saying that it's raining cats and dogs. We know that cats and dogs are not falling from the sky. So today, we're, we're not talking about a negative emotion, but rather about preference, about choice. If Jesus were simply to say, you know, please make sure that your preference is for me, well, I'm not sure that would get everyone's attention. But the way he said it today sure does. His language is very strong. And we know he means business. There's a cost to being a disciple. Now, in Jesus's life, there is an example of what he's talking about. I think when Jesus was 12 years old, you know, he was at the temple in Jerusalem, sharing the word with those in attendance. And remember when Mary and Joseph were looking for him everywhere and they were starting to panic. And when they found him in the temple, Mary asked, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And Jesus answers in this way. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? You see, Jesus makes clear that his relationship with his parents is below his relationship with the father. I love you, mom and dad. I love you, my husband my wife, my children, my sister, my brother. I love even myself. But nothing is greater than my love for God and my responsibility to follow him. Nothing but nothing is going to interfere with my living as a child of God. Jesus is more important to me than everything I own, than all of my comforts. We must want to feel the same way about Jesus as he does for each of us. Remember, Jesus is so passionate about his concern for you. You know, in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, we hear, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friends, simply calling yourself Catholic just doesn't cut it. Going to mass every now and then, you know, when perhaps I have some time, wearing a cross, it's not enough. One cannot go along with the norms and patterns of our secular society and claim to be a disciple. You know, yesterday we celebrated the memorial of St. Gregory the Great, Pope and doctor of the church. And let me tell you, he was one awesome leader. He was a royal subject of the Roman Empire, but above all, he was a holy man, one who believed and loved the Lord more than anything else. He was outstanding in his knowledge and love of scripture, and he was steeped in prayer. And I want to share a quote about this great Pope. It's the same quote I shared yesterday, but it really touched me in in terms of how I'm living. and, And I hope it touches you in that same way. Quote, Gregory's first preoccupation as Pope was to secure a food supply for the population, then to organize defense while negotiating with the enemy, then to manage flood relief, then to buy back kidnapped prisoners, then to appeal to the emperor against unjust and impossible taxes and levies, then to administer civil justice, then to reorganize devastated monasteries and churches and to counter heresies and to encourage and recruit good pastors, then to evangelize. (laughs) Here we have a true disciple at work, And it's so obvious how he treasured his relationship with God above everything else. Today, my friends, I'm recommending a couple of things. First, get a prayer journal. I don't know if you've ever done this before. And and write in that journal passages from scripture that that call for your attention. Just some passage that strikes you, write it down. Uh, For example, the phrase we hear today, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciples. Write that down. Think about that statement. Pray on that statement. And then see if you can live that statement. Secondly, give God an hour of your day every day. Someone said to me, Father, I, I give my entire day to God. Really? For some, You know, giving that hour might be in the morning when the day is fresh. I like mornings. In the evening, I'm tired and would never be able to stay awake. But
1: but for others, that might
0: be the best time of the day. Spending time alone with God in prayer, Bible reading, meditation, that's essential. And thirdly, my friends, go to Mass. Receive Jesus. For you that are coming every week. And I just praise God for you. And I'm encouraging all of us at the end of this day on Sunday, if you did not go to mass, do you feel guilty? Do you feel guilty? You know, there are those who have been very sick or in the hospital or even on vacation in an area with no church. And and they tell me how bad they feel, how guilty they feel because they did not go to mass. Even the person laid up in the hospital bed who cannot go to Mass. On the other hand, there are those who would rather spend their day at a mall or a park than go to Mass. So, this is the difference between faith and no real presence, preference for God. So, my friends, look at your choices, look at your preferences. I'm sure you've heard of the phrase, the choices you make today determine your tomorrow. You are called right here, right now to invest all of you for Jesus. All of you. Have a great day. Be sure of my prayers.